This is Liz. And this is Sharon. And you're listening to Unrefined She. The well-being podcast for women like you who want to explore your health, claim your space, question norms, and live your best lives. Hosted weekly by entrepreneurs and women's health experts, Liz Winters and Sharon Bailey. As always, please keep in mind that the information shared on this podcast is for general purposes only and should not be considered medical advice. And now, let's dive in. Hey there, listeners. Sharon here. This week's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rockin' Roots Farm. If you have listened to any episode with me, you know how much I love CBD. I literally put it on everything. I am that CBD mom. I have also seen CBD help so many of my clients with pain, anxiety, period cramps, and even mild depression. Liz and I personally use CBD in our daily lives, and that is why we are honored and excited to have Rockin' Roots Farm sponsor Unrefined She. Rockin' Roots is a family-run farm and herbal medicine brand. John and Candace, the farmers and product makers at Rockin' Roots, pride themselves on using regenerative agriculture while growing beyond organic hemp and vegetables. They are deeply invested in supporting their community through education programs on the farm and pay-what-you-can vegetable stands during growing season all while creating affordable CBD and herbal products. We love Rockin' Roots, and we know you will too. Shop their CBD and herbal product lines at www.rockinrootsfarm.com. That's rock, the letter N, rootsfarm.com. And select Unrefined She from the drop-down menu as your affiliate at checkout. Welcome to the show. I've got my coffee. (laughs) I'm ready to chat with you this morning, bright and early, and I am excited to be here. I am excited to be here too. I have already consumed all of my coffee. Oh, sad state of affairs. That is a sad state of affairs. (laughs) Yeah, the sun isn't even up over the mountains yet, and my coffee is gone, but that's okay. So, when you're making your coffee in the morning, uh, well, actually, do you make it in the morning? That's one question. Yes. Do you make a pot of coffee, a French? What's your preferred coffee making mechanism? Um, well, since Ryan and I have both been baristas for far too long in our life, yeah, uh, we do the stovetop espresso maker. Schmance. Yeah. So it takes way too long to make Mm -hmm. a cup of coffee and then we finish it way too quickly. But (laughs) Sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah. But we're very dedicated to this method. (laughs) It does make a really good cup of coffee. And so the espresso and then... Equal parts water, and then I add a little honey and coconut milk, which is part of why I drink it too fast. That sounds amazing, though. I'm I I upgraded and got a really fancy frother. It was my mm. gift to myself for some sort of milestone. I don't remember, but I was like, "Hand got this," mm-hmm. and I want to. I want espresso, but I don't want to buy an espresso machine because that seems unnecessary mm-hmm. and expensive. So talk to me more about this stovetop espresso maker. This is not what our show is about today, but this is what's on my mind. <laughs> I mean, our show is run from off of coffee. So this is true. we might as well just talk about like the behind the scenes. Um, <laughs> it's behind the um, scenes day. <laughs> yeah. So um, we actually looked at buying an espresso maker or espresso machine. And my husband was just like, we should get one of those. Like, we should get one from like an old coffee shop, you know, who's like upgrading. And I'm like. Dude, do you know what's going to go? First of all, we don't have the counter space for that. I mean, right. we do, but currently our 
20 gallon fish tank with our giant ass goldfish is taking up that space. Like we're not going to get rid of the goldfish so we can buy an espresso machine. And like, I think of it like budget. It's not that you don't have the money. It's you're choosing to spend your counter space on something else. Is that what you want to spend your counter space on? Exactly. No, Michael, the goldfish, he's taking up our counter space. (laughs) How have we not heard about Michael, the goldfish before? I, you know, that's a really good question. Michael, we inherited him from our neighbors, Pete and Alex, when they were moving to Alaska last April of all times, you know, at at the beginning of the pandemic. And they bring him over in a five gallon bucket in the middle of a snowstorm. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. And Michael is this like eight and a half year old goldfish. He's like probably eight inches long. He's a really big like pond goldfish, right? And uh, he... (laughs) He's been passed around the Peonia community. There's been like multiple households who have wow. owned Michael and now he and he's a very interactive fish. <laughs> and and he <laughs> and he lives in a flower pot in his 20 gallon tank. There's like a flower pot that he goes and sleeps in. So I think you're scaring every parent everywhere who's ever like, <laughs> we'll just get a goldfish, it'll die in three weeks. And now you've got Michael, the eight and a half inch, eight year old. Wow. Yeah. He's like a real pet. He's a real pet. Yeah. And it's like the cat's food bowl is right next to Michael's tank. And then the dog, oh you know, God. they all like eat together. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we had a fish tank that we got Fox, the low, like one of those two gallon fish tanks. And, and we mm-hmm. got like two little guppies. And he one day went fishing for one of the guppies and pulled everything out, emptied his entire oh. piggy bank into the fish tank. This is all while I was on a work call. Um, oh my God. <laughs> and he comes into the kitchen and he's holding this tiny little, he's holding this thing between his fingers. And I'm like, what, what is that? And it took me a minute. And then I realized it was the fish. And I was like, holy shit, you know, get it back in the tank. And so he killed his fish. And then the next day, Pete and Alex come over and they're like, hey, we're moving to Alaska. Do you want Michael, the goldfish? And I was like, well, we've, <laughs> we've got some room for a fish in our life. Track and, record uh, isn't great, but. Uh... Yeah. And we thought that we would just be like, they're coming back. They own the house across the street. They're just there for a couple of years working. And we thought we would just like hold on to Michael for a little bit. And uh, after they brought him over, they were like, oh no, you get to keep him. And we are like, God damn it, man, come on. Perfect. <laughs> but he Perfect. has now become part of the family and we are digging a pond for him in the greenhouse. And when the greenhouse is heated, he'll be able to live in it year round. So anyway... <laughs> I just love that his name is Michael. I know, Michael. And yeah, the other woman who used to own him before Pete and Alex, I was standing in line for the our like pop-up Friday bakery. And I was like, May, I heard you used to own Michael. And she went on for like 10 minutes about one, how cute he is. And I'm like, it's a goldfish. It's and a goldfish. Two, <laughs> and two, how interactive he is. And like how none of his brothers and sisters, I was like, oh my gosh, tell me more. She like gave me the whole history of Michael. Wow. Anyway, none of them are as interactive as he is. And that is why he's the only one living. So yes, that's our giant ass goldfish that we have instead of an espresso maker. And I therefore, I forgot how we got to goldfish. It's <laughs> like, we were talking about coffee. How do we and we, yes. And we did. Well, it's because I need another cup of coffee. So we use yeah. our stovetop espresso maker and it's just... I mean, it's, um, it, it's, it's a ritual. It's like my morning ritual. Yes, I come out, I I load up my stovetop espresso maker. I wait for it to like bubble up and Fox yells from across, like from the living room, coffee's ready. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, really it's pretty cute. cute. 
Yeah. I love that. When I have a stove, perhaps <laughs> I will upgrade. <laughs> next week. <laughs> by next week. By next week. By, ne- by the time this airs. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I can't even, I won't even, I won't even, because it seems yeah. like every time I say that, it gets pushed out two more weeks. Yeah, so or we're airing these it. episodes really early. That's what it is. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, well, so speaking of your kitchen, what's cooking in your kitchen? Uh, I will give you a construction update because I feel like. I'm sure our listeners are invested in this because it's been three months. On the edge of their seat invested. Um, we have walls. Hey. And we have a ceiling. And okay. these are all things we didn't have before. So this is very exciting. Um, and our countertops get templated this week. So that means that I have to have cabinets in. <laughs> and that these walls have to have mud and tape and all of that fun stuff on it. So we've got some things to do this week. And by we, I mean my lovely husband, um, who does mm-hmm. this while I wrangle the children. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the construction update. So like legitimately by the time this airs, I, I will have cabinets in my kitchen. You will have cabinets. Mm-hmm. Because I have to, because now it's somebody else's time frame and not just um, <clears throat> my partner's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he's working so hard and like this whole process is way more involved than I could ever have imagined. So there it is. Mm. Yeah. But what's cooking, like legit cooking in my kitchen, we've had to make a lot of, um, did I tell you that we lost our cow? No, not like a pet cow, but we had a oh, cow share. Yeah. yeah. So our oh. freezer got unplugged. I don't know if I've shared that here, but our freezer got unplugged and we lost probably a quarter cow, like legitimately. Mm. And oh so that's God. like that's so a painful. year and a half worth of meat for our family. So we've been getting really creative with our grocery budget and really creative with our cooking, which has been kind of fun. And yeah, I mean, just making things off the fly. I made a really yummy like beef stroganoff the other night, not with the beef from the freezer that died, uh-huh. but just with, like, we bought some beef. Um and man, buying, if you ever have considered buying a quarter cow or a half cow or any kind of cow share, it is way, way, way less expensive. I was mm-hmm. shocked trying to buy grass-fed ground beef at the store. And I was like, $8.99 a pound? Are you kidding me right now? Because mm-hmm. you can get a cow from a farm if you have freezer space and access. I understand that those are two big things. But it's like $4.99 at hanging weight, which is... A much better deal obviously yeah so anyway lots of creativity and off the cuff like shit we forgot to pull this out of the freezer what are we gonna make we have these three ingredients quick go kind of soup situations happening at home that's the whole story <laughs> awesome sounds like a good winter time like i like the i get so bored with food in the winter and mm-hmm. this is it's kind of that transition period where like like yesterday was, or the other day was in bulk, which is like the halfway between winter and spring. Oh, and nice. I always feel like this, um, this, like I'm tired of eating heavy foods and I'm ready to eat lighter foods, yeah. but it's still cold. Right. So my body still wants heavier foods. <laughs> so I have a giant box of greens in my fridge that I'm like, I'll get to those. I'm going to eat Someday. salads. But then, Someday. like, when it comes down to it, I'm like, I don't want a damn salad right now. Like, I want something that more. Terrible. 
Mm-hmm. Like light broths. A nice consomme. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> man, I'm sorry to hear you lost your cow. That is heartbreaking. Like we lost a pet. <laughs> it was. It was really, really sad. And it just like mm-hmm. the freezer got knocked and some construction stuff when we were um, doing some, I don't know, moving some things in the basement and the plug came undone and we walked in there. I was like, what is that smell? So oh, shit. And you could yeah. smell. Oh, man. Ooh, yeah. Gnarly. It was really Yeah. Bad. Well, and when you were moving... This was a thing that almost happened as right. well. Yes, but luckily that freezer was outside and I caught it before it had been unplugged for maybe like an hour and a half. It like wasn't mm. a big deal, right? Because if it's all frozen, it's all frozen. So mm-hmm. this this had been unplugged for a couple days. Oh, so. God. Brutal. Yeah. yeah. Brutal. The worst. Oh, sorry. Let's cook it in your kitchen, not salads. <laughs> Not salads. Big (laughs) box of lettuce. (laughs) Um, This week, actually, I haven't. um, Fox and I went out of town for the weekend. We, Yeah, it was. We found a hotel in in a little town about two hours from here known as the Switzerland of America. It's absolutely gorgeous. Ure, Colorado. Absolutely beautiful. And so I didn't do any of my food prep this weekend, but I had a mental health day. or overnight Mm -hmm. and we just like the hotel had has a hot springs like pool at the hotel that sounds so glorious it was so great and i was like great well like we don't have to really see anybody we can just go there like so we drove to ure it's i mean just incredibly gorgeous it backs up to the san juan mountain range which is like where telluride is and just these huge that's where mount snuffles is where i'm gonna climb this 14er (laughs) next (laughs) this summer (laughs) um but anyway so we went we drove there and like went sat in the hot springs pool and fox played it was super fun and then we watched two movies the double feature fox loves and uh went to bed early well, he went to bed late. I went to bed early. Just kind of fused Middle those ground. times. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then the next day we like, you know, just went, did a little hot springs and then um, did some snowshoeing back in the like back country. And uh, it was amazing. Like how last year I, we literally left the country for almost a month. Like I That's felt like right. I needed to leave you know, the country for my mental health. And this year I'm like, look, if we do one overnight, two counties away, I'm good. (laughs) Perfect. You know, like life in the time of Rona. (laughs) Yeah. But that sounds amazing. Were were there other people at the hotel? Like, how did you navigate all of that? We haven't traveled at all. So. Yeah. I mean, it was a little challenging in the sense that like in the hot springs, you know, we had to kind of watch it. Like there were people coming in and out but everybody kind of stayed in their own edge of the pool nice um and so and then it was one of those hotels where like the doors are on the outside so it wasn't really an issue they didn't have like you know rooms that you had to go into for any other reason where you would connect with other people so really the only only place of issue was in the actual pools and and really we felt fine there was like one moment in one of the pools where I was like okay we're a little too close to people but right. aside from that, it's great. You know, yeah, it felt great. And so, and you know, I mean, th- there we went and got food from one restaurant on um, Saturday night and, you know, had to go inside and there were people sitting in there, but like we never go to restaurants. We don't even have really any restaurants here. So. 
um, especially not ones that are open on weekends because like who would open a restaurant on a weekend um i know no we don't have a restaurant open on friday night um anyway so but yeah overall it was i we felt i felt really comfortable cool so yeah that's awesome i think and i chose Oh, sorry. I chose the hotel one, the one that had the hot springs at it, (laughs) but also they had a COVID protocol on their website, which a lot of the other ones didn't. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to go any place that doesn't even mention COVID as a thing. Yeah. It's like finding the balance between grasping at some sense of normalcy, like traveling and experiencing new places and also staying safe and knowing that even though like they're open and they want your business, they're also going to have your health and well-being yes at, as a priority right exactly and as their staff's that. priority you know absolutely yeah it's like there were a lot of people there that i was just watching you know watching people observing how they were moving through the world and i was just like man if i were an employee at this hotel it would be like f those people but <laughs> you know because they're just kind of clearly on their own thing doing their own thing but uh overall yeah we felt we felt pretty good so that's it was really nice to get away however we don't have any food prepped this week so we'll see what's cooking in my kitchen today (laughs) (laughs) that box of lettuce (laughs) that box of lettuce that's right well we did get in our new butcher box and i ordered lobster tail for my birthday next week i've never cooked lobster before (laughs) yeah so uh, i'll report back perfect yeah. So, so good. We just got our butcher box today too, because we lost a cow. And so we started getting a butcher box again. Yep. <laughs> God help us all. That's another oh, great option. Man. It is butcher a great box. option. Have we talked about that? I feel like we've talked about that before. Yeah. I think I went in depth on why I decided to go with a butcher box, like a number of episodes ago. Oh, that's right. Hashtag yeah. not sponsored. Hashtag interested. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So what are we chatting about today? Man, okay. So as I just throw it at you. <laughs> no, this is great. As y'all know, we're having a retreat at the end of this month. Woo-hoo. And the retreat is about how to listen to your body in the modern world. Yes. It's not all in your head is the title of the retreat, which I think is great. Thanks, Laurel. Thank you, Laurel. Dr. Laurel, um, who is also one of our presenters. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so sticking with the theme of that, this there's been a few things that have come up. One, I went to the doc, my doctor recently, which I never go to, but I had some health stuff that I've been kind of avoiding for maybe a year. Um, and I went to go just kind of get some insight on um, what's going on with my lungs. And then also my periods have become irregular. And she gave me a few diagnoses. One, they think I either have asthma or COPD, which I'm like, outstanding. And then, yeah. And then the other thing is that um, I might be perimenopausal. And her um, suggestion was that I go on hormonal birth control. And this brought up a lot for me. Like, What do you do when your body is talking to you? Like, what's the action plan? And then what's the plan if your provider makes some asinine suggestion, like as a 38-year-old whose partner has a vasectomy, you should go on hormonal birth control when my body is just doing its thing. 
So, so I think what I want to talk about today is when your body is talking to you, what do you do about it? What's your course of action? And when you're given a diagnosis, how do you move forward and how do you tell like what feels good and what doesn't? Yes. I mean, yes to all of that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, as soon as you started talking about that, like, what do you do with that diagnosis? To me, you know, we both come from the birth world. So the brain acronym instantly popped into my head. Mm -hmm. It's like you're given a diagnosis from a medical professional. And again, this is not medical advice, right? Like, I just want to say like ever, (laughs) ever. ever. Um, This is not to say like your doctor doesn't know what they're talking about, but you always have the option to use your brain, which benefits, risks, alternatives, intuition, and what would happen if you did nothing. So Sharon, like you're talking about with the hormonal birth control, we could go through like, what are the benefits? What are the risks? What are the Mm -hmm. alternatives? What's Mm -hmm. your gut telling you? And what would happen if you did nothing? Like, just let your body do its thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, we should do that. So benefits. Benefits. Um, I don't know. (laughs) Um, a predictable quote unquote cycle, right? Right. Maybe. I think, I think her suggestion was that it would alleviate some of the symptoms of having like my, my, in the last three months, two of my periods have gone down to 23 days and usually it's 25 to 26. Mm Mm-hmm. And those two have been kind of intense, like headaches, like I'm not, they're things I'm not used to. Also, they have corresponded with the election and (laughs) the the insurrection. So (laughs) So, some stress happening. So some stress, not going to lie. And so I've just was kind of like, whatever. But um, so, yeah, the benefits are that maybe it will give me more um, balance in my, uh, quote unquote symptoms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's yeah. a benefit. Yeah. What's the risk? Risks. I mean, uh, we could do a whole episode. Um, we should. Yeah. Yes, yes we, we should. should. Shit all over ourselves here. Yes. Um, so risks are one, I'll be on birth control. And right. while my hormones are adjusting, which is like what's happening in perimenopause, one of the things anyway, then I am like integrating fake hormones into my body. And, and so for me, like that's a risk because I don't know what that's going to do. Sure. And then it causes a dependency. I'm sitting here thinking like, okay, if my harm, if I am perimenopausal, if my hormones or if my body is going to take my hormones and like, you know, adjust as needed. And then here I am adding like hormonal birth control into my body. Then how does it like, what, what's it going to do with that? Like, is that going to prolong the experience of perimenopause? Sure. I mean, we don't, we, I don't know. I don't know. This is I don't not know either. Area, right. Like, yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. I think, <laughs> and I think, Oh God. Oh, sorry. This is like walking through this because I think so many people get like, diagnoses or things come up and it's just like, I don't fucking know what to do with that. Right. 
And so, you know, you and I going through this is probably actually going to, I don't know, maybe people will turn off the radio, but maybe it'll be super helpful. <laughs> well, and I think, I mean, as we go through this, like with any decision-making framework, we talk about this in, in Badass Birthers Club, like we, I present two different decision-making frameworks and one of them is the brain. And I remind people that you can be presented with the exact same information. Like we could have the same science in front of us, the same diagnosis, but your preferences in your life are going to indicate what that answer ends up being. So you and I could walk through this and decide the benefits and the risks are the same, but that our intuition is telling us different is selling us something totally different or that the benefits of, you know, being able to predict your cycle or easing up those intense periods outweighs the risks for you. And then yeah. that's totally valid. So yeah. it, it's just a really, I think that's the most important thing when you're working through these, I've got a child outside the door and I'm going to just love her so that's much. Right. So much. Um, that's, that's just one of the important things to remember as you're, as you're walking through this. And even though we're walking through this for you right now, like this might look totally different for somebody else who's approaching perimenopause and has been offered the same mm-hmm. advice. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a really good point. I mean, you know, if, if this, if that's your choice, like that's your choice for me, it is not. And it also shows that my doctor doesn't know who I am. Right. (laughs) And there's something that's come up, um, that I've been thinking about and I wish I could remember who said this, maybe it was Aviva Ram, but, uh, whoever it was, was talking about how like every practitioner has their own set of information. And the information that they're taking from you is just a snapshot, you know? So she's like reading my, my, um, blood panel and it's just a snapshot in one day Mm -hmm. of what's going on. And then she's making the best educated choice that she has as a recommendation to me. It doesn't mean it's the end all be all. It doesn't mean it's the best decision or worst decision. It's that this is what's in her tool belt and this is what she's offering to me. And I can take it or leave it. So then I'm going to go through benefits, risks, alternative, intuition, nothing, and decide what I want to do. Well, for me, I, I, when I was on a, um, I've had both forms of IUD Mm -hmm. and both of them really, really messed with my body in different ways. So I'm not interested in taking birth control. Sure. I mean, that's why my husband got a vasectomy. <laughs> One of the reasons, you know, I'm like, I'm just not interested in doing that. And so that's what my intuition is saying. Like, this is not the right choice. I don't even know if I'm perimenopausal. I don't know if what's going on is, you know, change in the season, change in the political season. Like so right. many things are going on right now. Is that like to me that just feels like a band-aid that's going to cause more it's going to hurt really bad when I rip it off yeah absolutely and I think I mean to your point taking in consideration everything that's happening in your life like sometimes we just tend to isolate things like oh Mm -hmm. it's this one thing has nothing to do with the fact that life is really stressful you haven't slept in god knows how long and you have like a I don't know bacteria overgrowth in the gut, right? Like I know just like throwing things out there. Mm -hmm. And so we tend to get like so isolated, like way down the health line. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about like your situation specifically, but like just in general, Mm -hmm. when we get these diagnoses that unless they're taking into consideration the whole picture, it's really hard not to just apply a bandaid. Yeah. Well, and it's not out of the realm of possibilities that I have a gut, like a bacteria overgrowth because I've had SIBO. Like, there you go, right? (laughs) You know, (laughs) 
So, um, so yeah. And like, I think that's where like functional medicine really comes into play or just knowing what various practitioners do, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, then you can look at your situation. Like you could, like I can look at the situation and, and for me with my, with my, um, period, I don't want to call it a problem, but with like the signs that are showing up, like with my body talking to me about my period. Also simultaneously, it's telling me that my lungs are having issues, which they are. Mm. So I went and had an x-ray done and I have this thickening on my lungs and she's not sure if it's asthma or COPD. And so now I have to go get a secondary test done so we can kind of clarify what COPD is. Yeah. What is it? Cardio obstructive pulmonary disease. Oh, fun. Okay. It's basically like emphysema is categorized within this. Okay. Ah, And so good. Yes. So I was a smoker growing up. I was a smoker from 12 until 25, like heavy smoker. And here's the difference between like practitioners, right? I, I've expected lung issues for a long time. Like I've known that it's coming at some point. I've kind of felt it because I know what my upbringing is like. I, I am pretty positive. So I was a, um, I'm adopted. And so I'm pretty positive that I was a C-section baby who was formula fed in the early eighties. Right. So already immune system compromised growing up in Houston where, you know, lots of smog and pollution, then smoking being a quote unquote overweight child not doing a lot of physical activity. I mean, there's a lot of things that I didn't, you know, I wasn't, I didn't set myself up. I don't like to say that because it feels like I'm, you know, I'm like harshing my decisions as a child, but like, you know, there's, there's, there's ways that like, as a, you know, through our development that we can like set ourselves up a little bit more for dealing with things like these in the long run. Be set up for, be Be set up up for it. Right. I know my parents tried. I was just like, no, I had a lot going on. Uh, anyway, (laughs) so, so she's looking at this and she's saying, okay, we don't know if you have asthma or COPD, you need to go get more tests done. Meanwhile, I'm going to see my acupuncturist and he's like, let's look at what's going on. One, he talks to me about smoking, right? And he's like, it, it doesn't surprise me at all with your upbringing that you were a smoker. And it's not because of, you know, like one thing or another, what he, what he's seeing is you were looking for ways to take deeper breaths and you didn't have the tools to do that. And I've always kind of known that, you know, like for me, smoking was a way to just like stop and take a breath and have me time as a young child dealing with a mom with like, you know, um, like a severe mental disorder. And so, So just reframing it, having a practitioner that just reframes it as opposed to like my doctor who's like, oh, well, you are a smoker. Okay. Yeah. Then you probably have this, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, and, uh, and, and again, she's just, she has her way of describing it. And then, you know, my acupuncturist has his way of describing it. And so then he starts making the correlation of my reproductive situation and my lungs and how there's a lot of similarities there and that he thinks that they're connected. Hmm. She made a similar correlation about how the change in hormones can show changes in other organs as well. 
Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. And so it's something, I mean, again, this happened like last week. So I'm like just starting (laughs) to tie this information together. But so anyway, so what I'm going to choose to do is go get this other test done for my lungs to see so we can start narrowing it down. But I'm going to go the acupuncturist route because one, I think like it's a, obviously it's a more holistic route. We're kind of looking at the overall picture Um, I have a lot of stagnation in my body. And so I find that like being needled in acupuncture is super helpful. Um, and then also like, I want to try herbs before I try birth control. So Chinese herbs, um, I have found have been really impactful. Um, I mean, I'm not going to try birth control. Like it's going to take, I can't think of a situation where that would be the thing I would say yes to. But yeah, so that's kind of how I've been navigating these like big health things and diagnoses that have just been like, okay, wow, like perimenopause and emphysema all at the same time. (laughs) Great. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, this is so wonderful. Uh, Yeah. So there's that. That's I mean, it's a lot to process. Right. And I and I think it goes to show how connected you are to your body to know that it was time to go like seek help right? Because you are in tune with your cycle. You know what's going on. So when something is off, you're like, oh, this is one of the messages. Mm-hmm. So how did you know, like, what was your, like, I, this is not something I'm going to fix myself. Did you have like a turning point or anything in there? Yeah. Well, I'm still not convinced about my periods that it's not something, you know, like, I think that if I, I've also in the past year have not been eating as quote unquote well as I used to. Uh, and, uh, let me just tell you, I eat well. Okay. A girl eats some food. Uh, <laughs> um, but I have been eating more like refined sugar and, um, sourdough lately. And so I'm also like not convinced that that doesn't have something to do with it. So sure. when it comes to period stuff, like I'm going to kind of work my own elimination process with, and in cycle tracking, I mean, if you have a period, track your cycle because it tells you so much. I mean, it's like called your fifth vital sign for a reason. With the lung thing, though, what I've realized is it's been going on for longer than I realized. But last this time last year, I started getting these like these palpitations in my chest on the right side of my chest. And so I went and had like heart scans done and all this other stuff. And just to make sure it was like right when we got back from Costa Rica, it turns out I also had vertigo from jumping into this swimming pool at our house (laughs) on repeat. We had two pools that were connected by a water slide. (laughs) That's awesome. It was, it was, but I gave myself vertigo. (laughs) Um, So anyway, so it's funny how you go in for one thing and you find another thing. Um, So had all these tests done on my heart. My heart is totally fine. It's happy and healthy. And, but they just, they would come up a lot. And so, you know, I started kind of peeling back that onion and there was like theories that it was tension from my relationship had been in tension for so long. And we'd finally come to this resolution that it was like tension unwinding in my Mm. chest, which I thought was pretty fascinating. And I was totally on board with that for a while. And it may still be the case, but... What I'm now also thinking it's correlating to is a referral sensation for what's going on in my lungs. And so the body where you feel things is often not where it's actually happening. Mm -hmm. 
And so it's like, for those of you who don't know, it's like called a referral sensation. And so like if you ever get a massage and and you're like being massaged in one place and you can feel it like on the opposite side of your body, like yeah. that's the referral sensation. So so anyway, and then this summer I got sick and I think it like exacerbated the problem. And so then it's been really hard for me to do um, aerobic exercise. Like I really struggle to breathe. And it finally got to the place where I was like, look, I just need to figure something out. And so then that's when they sent me in for this x-ray. And then she tells me, you know, you, you might have this or that. And she also looks at the x-ray and she says, also, you you have like a slight case of scoliosis. I mean, this was like <laughs> the worst. So fucking, nonchalant. Yeah, the worst fucking 30 minutes. <laughs> so I was like, excuse me? Um. Anyway, so yeah, it, it's it's just been like a you know, a process of unfolding and just kind of trying a thing here, sitting on it for a while, trying a thing here, sitting on it for a while, getting to the point where like, even my husband is like, you need to go do something about this because it used to be funny when you coughed a little bit when you were laughing because, you know, whatever. And I'm like, it wasn't funny. It really wasn't. And now like I start laughing and I cough so much, I can't catch my breath. Yeah. Yeah. And that's scary. And it's like your, your quality of life is is not great. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. And especially for, I mean, like here, I, my, my quality of life is pretty high. So I think when the thing <laughs> living well, it's, like in it's the, interfering, that's what I mean. Yeah. The clean mountain air. Yeah. And I think it, it's like even more apparent, you know, yeah. how much it's affecting me. So yeah. 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 Oh girl, you know, I feel you on all of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what's your, what's your process? Like when you are dealing with some health thing and like trying yeah. to figure it out. I mean, so I guess I, I go back to like, I have Hashimoto's hypothyroid. Um, and I got that diagnosis in 2019 and like the, the automatic was here, you're going to go on synthetic thyroid. Mm-hmm. And that was like, that was just the only answer. And because we were thinking about, um, getting pregnant again relatively soon, like that, that made the most sense. And, but I knew like, I don't want to be on this forever. Like I really don't. And, um, so I, I found a, after Arlo was born, I found a practitioner that, um, like I told her, I was like, my goal is to not be on synthetic thyroid. Like I would like to figure out how to support my body with like food and lifestyle versus, versus drugs of some sort. I just, I didn't like the idea of having to take a pill every single day. And, um, she's like, well, like she was supportive of that, but she said, it's going to take a long time. And cause my other goal, like, cause I, I appreciate a practitioner that will listen to you about goals. So my goal is mm-hmm. to get off of, of medication, but also I would like to have the energy to play with my kids and be able to, I didn't want it to impact my, um, breastfeeding relationship. That was the most important thing to me. It's like, if it's going to impact my supply, then I'm going to keep taking it because Mm -hmm. like, it's really important for me to keep that going. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about pregnancy is that your immune system is suppressed. So like, I felt really good during pregnancy and I felt really good for the first couple months postpartum. But then as hormones start to shift postpartum, um, it's, like my, like I've talked about on the show a couple times, but like, and like Sharon knows offhand, like I was like, my body is not doing great. And like, you see like thyroid stuff go. And I was talking to, um, another practitioner and she reminded me, she's like, the most important thing is for you to feel good. Cause you can't make any changes mm-hmm. if you aren't 
feeling well. Like you can't take care of yourself. Like it's really hard to take care of yourself if it's just like you're struggling. And so like for me, like I've been napping tons and like I don't have energy to play with my kids. Like it's been really like, it's been a lot. It's been really stressful. And, um, so for me, I'm like, please, I like, I'm welcoming the medication because I would, I need to get my life back. Mm -hmm. And it's like that lifeline that I need. So like, I can go through all the benefits and risks of being on levothyroxine, which is like your body kind of, sometimes they talk about like, it might kickstart it and make your thyroid like do what it's supposed to do. And sometimes you just kind of develop a dependency. But for me, like if I don't have the energy to play with my kids and I'm going to bed at seven o'clock every night and I'm like taking a nap at two in the afternoon, like that sucks. Mm -hmm. Like, what is the point? Um, and so it's been interesting to see how like that perspective has shifted as priorities shift and change. And so I don't know when I'm, and I'm looking at like being met with a diagnosis and how you are going to navigate your life. I think it's okay to pivot and change your mind. Mm -hmm. And that's, something I've both struggled with and found like relief in be like, it's, it's okay to want to feel good yeah, and it's okay to pivot that priority. Um, no matter what, like that diagnosis might be. So for me, hypothyroid and taking synthetic thyroid, um, or synthetic hormones has been like my saving grace. And I, when I'm looking for a practitioner though, I am looking for someone who is still going to address like the whole picture because like that first doctor, um, and she was lovely and wonderful. And I am so thankful for her for being willing to listen to me when I was like, will you run a thyroid panel? Because that wasn't on anybody's mind Mm -hmm. except for mine. And she listened to me, which I appreciate, but I don't just want the bandaid of a medication. I want somebody who's going to look at when like, Oh, you're not getting sleep or Hey, you are eating a lot of sourdough. (laughs) And really stressed. And so that's probably why it sent you into a flare. Let's support lifestyle, diet, et cetera. So your body is better, better able to do what it's supposed to do. And I think that that is, that's a priority for me. Mm. I don't know if Mm -hmm. I answered your question. Yeah, no, that was great. Something that came up for me when you were talking was when I was in my, right after my mom died, I spiraled into a deep depression and I have a very mixed relationship with medicine because she was on 13 different kinds of medication when she Mm. died. She, that, that was her, like her main, um, avenue for trying to commit suicide was just taking handfuls of pills. And she had gotten to the point where she had eroded the lining of her stomach and had to have surgery because of all the medication she was on. And so I watched that and was like, no. Meanwhile, I'm dealing with some pretty substantial depression and my doctor who had been seeing my whole life was like, I really think you need to go on antidepressants. And I went back and forth for a while and I was like, adamantly, no, you know, and it really came down to, I needed to reboot my brain and like take a couple of years, you know, and then after, um, after being on, I think I was on Zoloft or Wellbutrin, one of the two, for a couple of years, um, I got to the point where I was tired of the like, the like, <laughs> very level feeling of being on mm-hmm. antidepressants, and that was like, okay, that was the indicator that it was time for me to come off of them. But, but yeah, I mean, meds really like they they help so many people in so many ways, you know, and it's like trying to find a practitioner, like you said, who will listen to your goals 
and then make those recommendations based off of that. Like in this situation with the birth control, it's like, look, if I'm going into perimenopause, there's no reason for me to take a medication for that. Like there's got to be other things that I can do. Like it's not affecting my life at this point, you know? There's got to be other things I can do, herbs I can take, lifestyle choices I can make. You know, it's it's a natural transition in into like the next phase of my body. Um, and she didn't take into account any of my interests. She was just like, well, if you're perimenopausal, then we could put you on some birth control or, you know, whatever. And right. so, you know, like ha- finding, I, I want to ask you like, and you kind of went into this, like, what do you look for when you're looking for a practitioner? Because I know a lot of people are like, like I had somebody reach out to me recently and they're like, I would love to track my period and utilize it for, you know, my sustainable well-being, but I've got this one issue and I don't know even where to start to look for a practitioner to deal with this. Yeah. I mean, for me, it kind of goes back to that theme of our retreat that's coming up. It's like, it's not all in your head. So somebody that's not going to be, that's not going to accept what I'm experiencing is normal. While it may be common, especially as like a postpartum woman, like fatigue, irritability, weight gain, like all of these things are totally common in the postpartum period. Absolutely common, but they are not necessarily normal body function. And so for me, I'm looking for a practitioner that will be forthright in saying that, um, that will address kind of that holistic whole picture. So I I tend to look for naturopaths, Mm -hmm. um, or somebody who has that like functional medicine approach, um, I think the length of the intake appointment will tell you everything that you need to know, because if you get Mm. 15 minutes with your practitioner, that is not enough time. And if the intake is like, tell me about your family's health history and that's it, that's, that's not enough. Um, so if I'm looking at it at an intake, it should be, should be, I I would assume that it's going to be around an hour to 90 minutes because you need that time to get a deep dive. And I'm saying this from a practitioner standpoint too, mm-hmm. when I would see nutrition clients one-on-one, like my intake was 90 minutes because mm-hmm. before I make any kind of recommendation to a lifestyle change, I need to understand what's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. And 90 minutes will give you just like a, a glimpse, but it's something. Um, so somebody that is going to look at, that's going to ask you about chronic stress. Uh, that's going to ask you about sleep, what you're eating, how you're moving, what's going on in your family life. Because again, all of these kind of environmental factors are going to impact your overall well-being. It's not just about that you ate something or that you are, I don't know. I can't, I don't have the words, but like whatever the symptoms that they aren't, they aren't typically isolated outside of your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. The intake. I mean, when I look at the intake from my acupuncturist versus my doctor, the whole appointment took less than 30 minutes from start to finish. And half of that was just her pulling my chart up with slow internet. (laughs) And then with my acupuncturist, it was like a 15 page document. And we spent 90 minutes just talking about my health history because I'm adopted. So my family health history is like a null and void thing. Like I don't know. And so it's like, if we're going to base like everything off of that one snapshot of blood work, this one x-ray in my family health history, like we're going to get nothing. 
And with my acupuncturist, he was just like, like creating a, the overall picture. I could see him going through all everything that I wrote and like piecing it together. And he's like, I want to sit and think on this before I treat you. Like, let's schedule a, a future appointment so that I can sit and build a better plan of like moving forward that then I can come back to you and we can approve it together. Yeah. And I think that like a lot of this conversation, I'm sitting here thinking like not everyone is going to have access to like an ND or right. a functional medicine doctor. Like that is definitely a privilege, but it, I think it, it highlights the, the brokenness that is the kind of American healthcare system, because it's not like doctors are bad at their job. They are very good at their job, but it, the system is not set up. Like they, they, they get 15 minutes with you. Right. Like that's yeah. how it works. And so it doesn't, the system doesn't necessarily allow for this kind of in-depth support that so often is needed. And so if you have the space to go see an acupuncturist in addition to your, you know, family medicine practitioner or go see a chiropractor or, you know, somebody else like a nutritionist that can take time to kind of look at those other things in addition to kind of maybe a more Western medicine approach, like that balance is kind of work for a lot of people as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Before we close out, I think something that I really want to talk about in addition to this is gaslighting Mm. because I think it often like goes with, (laughs) with like visiting practitioners, um, in particular, you're just a new mom. You're just a new mom. You're just tired. (laughs) Exactly. This is normal. Mm -hmm. And it's not even just your practitioners. Like my husband, I like totally got gaslit by my husband when I was like, uh, this is what the doctor just told me I had. And he was like, basically like, it's not a big deal. And I'm like, it is a big deal. And then he was like, well, what even is COPD? And I'm like, dude, it's like emphysema. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not even 38 yet. Like, that's not cool. Right. But yeah, I mean the, the, you know, what's the statistic? It's something like, like women will go through like six doctors before they'll find somebody who will actually like look at their like listen to them. Like women mm. tend to be categorized as a difficult patient. Emotional. The, emotional. Yeah. On their charts because they're like, no, something is wrong. And that like, take my blood panel, for example, they're like, she's looking at it. She's giving me these huge ranges of what's normal. And I'm like, I'm looking at the population she's drawing from. And I'm thinking like my, I live my life pretty differently than like the standard American diet, you know, or whatever. And like, what, what is norm? The average of normal isn't what I, I want to look at. Like, I want to look at way more specifically what's going on with my body. And that's Mm -hmm. where like a functional or, um, you know, practitioner comes in because they can look at the, like the minutia of your numbers and like pick out little tiny things and be like, Oh, this is something we need to look at. But it's like, if you're going into your practitioner's office and they're just like, yeah, it's, you know, it's all in your head. (laughs) (laughs) And I think to your point, like, it's not just practitioners, right? I don't want this to be like a villainizing practitioners (laughs) episode, but I mean, you can get gaslit by like partners by the internet, like going down, be like, this is totally normal. Why are you complaining? Moms groups are a huge place for this. Be being like, yeah, that's just part of it. Don't worry about it. And 
when somebody has like that cry for help, like, I, I guess just, you don't have to accept feeling crappy as normal, even right. if it is part of like the season and perhaps you are not going to feel as vivacious as you normally would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have to accept feeling crappy. Totally. Totally. And again, it's just, you know, it's that person's snapshot of information and they're doing the best that they can. But if you're feeling what you're feeling and your practitioner is saying like, no, you're, you're normal, you're average, everything is fine. And you know, that's different then it's probably worth it to try to go find somebody else who will evaluate what it is that you're saying. Yeah. Second opinion is always a good idea. Mm Mm-hmm. Always an option. Love well, it. I actually have two meetings next week, two meetings, two appointments next week with two different practitioners. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm trying them on. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it takes so, it does take a lot of effort. It's like I had this panel and x-ray done in November <laughs> and I just got around to it. Like it can take a while. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think just keeping in mind that like, when things come up as they build, you know, do the best you can. Like, it's really hard to take away from, you know, our daily schedule to like make that a priority, but it really does, you know, make a difference to spend time because then once you put all the the effort into finding a practitioner who like really you connect with, works with you, you know, like will listen to you, will understand your plan, all those things then you can really like start to get to the the work and the root of what it is that you're dealing with. Yeah, I love that. And I would say that if you're having trouble listening to your body or knowing if what you're experiencing is normal or within your range of normal, come to our retreat. Yes. We're going to have some fantastic. It's not just me and Sharon talking at you. That's unless you're really into that. Well, we will say something, but <laughs> Yeah, but we, we have, actually are going to say very little, I think. We're going to say a ton. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've got four amazing guest experts that are going to be with us through the day and all with different specialties and backgrounds, um, all with this theme of letting you know that it's not all in your head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited. We had that interview with Sasha Lakin last week, um, which was so fun. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. But she is going to be one of our guest experts. She's actually going to be teaching a yoga flow, which I am like... Very pumped about. So, so, so pumped. Yes. Yeah. And then next week, our episode with Drea Miller. She's also going to be a presenter. And actually, you can just go to the link in um, our show notes and it'll take you to our landing page and you can get to know each one of the presenters and we'll have linked their um, interview on here. So you can like listen to them and yeah, make those connections there and get your tickets get your tickets. It's going to be really, really fun. Um, so we've got some yoga flows. We've got a panel. We've got some small little, um, like guest expert talks with our guest experts or presenters. Um, I call them guest experts. Sharon calls them presenters. That's the same thing. Sometimes I call them educators, educators. They're They're all the same. It's all the same. It's all all the same. same. (laughs) Um, and it's just going to be really fun. There's going to be opportunity to connect with other people and just, I think find that community of like your people, which I think is so valuable Mm -hmm. during a pandemic. You got to find your people. Mm -hmm. We're here for you. (laughs) Love it. Well, thanks for this conversation, friend. Yeah. What's our call to action? Go sign up for the retreat.
That's yeah, what I called it, actually. Yeah, because we already did that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, we'll see you next week, folks. See you next week. <laughs> oh, boy.